Today is Thursday, August 31st, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Today, I don't really remember what we talked about. It was a full run of the mill. Um, it was a good discussion. We just went from one thing to another and another, and then I, I took lunch break. I ran some errands. I'm like, I didn't make notes. What did we talk about? One thing I do remember, though, is an outsider test for faith. This was by some, I don't know, popular atheist dude at some point. Um, anyway, so we talk a little bit about that to start the conversation. <laughs> That's what I do remember. And, you know, it's if you judged other religions by your the same way you judge your own belief system, would things be different? So we kind of talk about that a little bit and why it's kind of a dumb idea for a test anyway. So um, just repent and believe the gospel. That's the answer. Um, anyway, <clears throat> check out the Ask a Christian podcast, which maybe you're doing. It's on Podbean. It's also on all other platforms. You can also um, check out the Ask a Christian book on Amazon. Check out the Ask a Christian store. The links are all in the description to support this podcast and the civil discussion of what Christianity is and why we believe what we believe. So there you go. Enjoy. Share these links. We'll catch you next time. Are you familiar with something called the Outsider Test for Faith? Um, I, I don't think so. I, I think I may be. We'll see when you start explaining it. But okay, no, so basically, yeah. Oh, okay. So there's a philosopher's name is John Loftus, um, and he wrote a book called The Outsider Test for Faith. Uh, and basically, what it what it asks you to do is to examine your beliefs with the same skepticism you examine other people's beliefs. So, um, and it kind of ties in with a quote. I don't remember who said this. I know Richard Dawkins has said it, but he's not the, um, he's not the original, uh, coiner of the phrase, but the phrase basically goes, uh, I contend we're both atheists. I just believe in one fewer God than you do. When you understand why you dismiss all other gods, you'll understand why I dismiss yours. So what the outsider test for faith does is it basically asks you to look at, for example, to think about the reasons why you don't accept Islam, Hinduism, the flying spaghetti monster, um, or maybe, you know, whatever. Um, and look at that, look at the, and then turn that same critical thinking and skepticism uh, inwards towards your own belief. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah, and I think that there, I think that there are a lot of people, um, and we've talked enough that I, I think that this is something you have done, um, and I think there are others that that have done the same thing. I don't think, um, I don't think all believers do it. Certainly, um, for example, if I think if you are, uh, if you're a child, like if you're younger, and you are kind of going with the flow because it's what your family does and you haven't gotten to the age yet where you've started to question your own beliefs. Certainly children aren't doing that. Right. Um, but my hope would be that people, you know, that everyone would get to that point where they say, hang on a second, you know, I, you know, I should examine my own beliefs and, and my hope would be that everybody does. Um, what do you think about that? Um, I think that Chris is going to be able to probably answer your question more the way you're asking it, um, you know, with like scholarship and context and books, um, which I would agree with him. But I mean, I, I would 
I mean, I just can't ignore the elephant in the room. So for me, that is why, why is the most reason besides like, you know, eyewitness testimony, historicals, records, scholarship. Um, if I, I honestly don't know if I would still believe if I didn't have this like acute, just like awareness, like, you know, call it spiritual revelation or, you know, you could say God told me, but anyway, it, it's hard to explain. Like the best you can say is like intuition. If you deny the existence of anything spiritual, like it's certainly not like warm, fuzzy goosebumps. It is nothing like that. Um, it's, it really is just like, wow, I've just been like, you know, struck with this realization that yes, this is true. Um, and of course I believe this is spiritual insight, you know, granted by God, but for someone else, you know, you could arrive at Nate saying that for any other number of reasons, but I mean, that, that is the reason, right? So when Jesus says in the Bible, right, like do things like be humble, be sincere, seek him, open, honest, humble yourself, um, you know, turn away from bad stuff that you know you shouldn't be doing, ask him for eternal life, like actually pray to this guy saying this when I did that. Um, and you know, I could tell, like looking back, like there were times when I was like, you know, just kind of whatever versus that one time when I'm like, yes, I was like at the end of myself and I'm like, I just want to know, I have no agenda except what's what. And it's like, I, I just, it, it, I mean, it's gotta be like the sixth sense. Like I see dead people. It's like, I just know, and I can't un unexperience that. So if, um, you know, so I mean to test some other faith that way, First of all, it's like, well, if I already like, you know, claim that I gnostically know or have this spiritual awareness uh, that I didn't before, and this is totally true, well, then that means all others are totally false. So, I mean, that, that's hard to put that bias away, but still there's very few religions where that's even a metric I could use. So the same way I affirm and believe my faith, if I was to put that to a, another test, I mean, it would have to be starting with the Abrahamic gods because that's more closely to like even the correct concept, right? Like the, the God of the Bible, like in Hinduism, like, so basically I would need someone else in their religion to say, okay, our God, you know, you don't need to talk to us. You don't need to take a class. You don't need to watch YouTube debates. You need to pray directly to our God and it will be divinely revealed to you. I don't know if there's another religion on the planet like that. And so, I mean, I think the Abrahamic faiths would perhaps get the closest, like they, they at least would pray to their God but I, I don't think there's like any reciprocity. So, you know, like in Islam, you just have to do the five pillars and do these rituals. And I guess that hope, hope the great scale finds you worthy at the end of your life. And maybe you'll get into paradise. Um, Judaism, you know, their concept of heaven and hell is, is way different than, than like the traditional Christian understanding. Um, so anyways, yes, I take your point and I agree with your point, but, but for me, um, that's like a test that I, I couldn't do because they don't have uh, anything close to the same concept. Um, you want to respond quickly before give, Chris gives you the answer that would be more in the line of what you're thinking? I, I don't think I, I don't think I disagree. I, I certainly <laughs> like, um, yeah, we'll kind of like follow the, 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 uh, the theme of the whole room, you know, like, you know, you've given me an answer and I accept your answer. Like, I, I don't think that what you've said is unreasonable. Um, it, it, it is interesting because it, it does fall in line with um, with what the Bible says, right? And we've talked about this a million times before, right? Hebrews eleven six, right? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Like you, you got to have some, right? You got you have to you have to have it, and you have to exercise it. Um, and so while and and it is it is interesting because it is 
it is not something that I'm able, at least at this point in my life, uh, it is not something I am able to internally reconcile. Um, but I'm not going to get down on someone else for having the ability to reconcile that. I just can't do it. But I'm really, but, I, but I'm curious as to what Chris has to say. Yeah, and, and I mean, at some point in my life, like, I mean, I've, I've gone too far down the bridge now because I agree with what Pastor Mark and Chris are saying in the chat, which Chris is just agreeing with Mark, which I do too, that, you know, we're, we're still examining our beliefs the whole time. But but to, to try to, like, do that, uh, anyway, if there's some other religion that's like, hey, man, all you got to do is pray to our God, you know, just like yours, but you're praying to demons, and you need to pray to our real God, um, you need to just, you know, pray to him directly, and blah, 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 I'd be like, oh, okay, um, I mean, at this point in my life, I'd be like, well, I'm banging my head against a brick wall, this is totally counterfeit, but, you know, back in the day, when I'm like, well, I really want to know the truth, um, I totally would have done that, but yeah, I, I don't even think that apparatus is out there to do that as a one-to-one -one. but yeah chris what do you think yeah i mean you know like mark said you know i've been examining christianity as a skeptic you know from the skeptics lens for most of my life at this point you know it's like well is this really true you know and i go right back to the resurrection every time you know i've read all of the evidences um, I've recited a lot of that stuff on stage here for a good two hours one day, uh, going through the evidences for the resurrection. Um, but like Nate said, my faith is not built on on all of these things that I've read. My faith is built on the fact that it was given to me as a gift. Um, and, you know, the evidences are strong, um, but no evidence is ever we can have a we can have enough evidence to know that the resurrection stands up in a court of law, for instance, which it does. There's there's famous books about this. Um, but at the end of the day, Nate is correct that faith is a gift given to us, and that that faith is not something that's quantifiable, nor is it something that can be rationally explained in terms of why that faith exists um, if that makes sense you can have evidential reasons for believing in christianity over other religions and i've examined other religions as well so hinduism islam um, not certainly not in the depth that i've examined christianity but you know yeah i mean i think that there is a there is a essence of faith that is simply unexplainable. That's interesting. So, okay. So if you, okay. So, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, cause I'm not interested in, in straw manning your position, but if I'm repeating back what you just said, you said sometimes it's something that can't be explained or justified rationally. Is that correct? No, no, no. Like, I'm saying that there does not need to be evidential reasons for the gift of faith. Not that it's irrational. Not oh, I didn't say that it was irrational. No, no. Okay. I, like, I, like again, I was trying to, I was trying to repeat back what you said, because it, it, like, it sounded like you said that it's not something that can be backed up. That the gift of faith is not something that can be backed up rationally. I think you said almost those exact words. 
right so so yes in that sense i'm not talking now i'm not talking about like why we believe what we believe that can absolutely be backed up rationally that's what i'm talking about in terms of the evidences for the resurrection or the you know evidences for textual criticism and you know all these things that i read all the time you know church history you know there are absolutely you know rational reasons to understand the facts of the christian faith but in terms of raw faith it is it's not that it's irrational or that it cannot be explained through evidence it is simply that it is a gift and a mystery in terms of how that gift is applied to us that we simply do not have a reference for perhaps like when i you know, keep saying like, you know, is this spiritual awareness thing? And I, I, I'm su somewhere between, I can't pinpoint exactly. Like I'm trying to, to pinpoint it for someone else explaining this like third party. And I'm, I'm trying to find the best possible way to explain it. And I'm still at a loss. I'm like, well, maybe intuition is the best you got, which is still not, not right. And I'm like, you know, I, I, it's just like this spiritual awareness, like this attunement, like it's, it's this thing that's been like downloaded into my brain. Like, I'm still grasping, like, it's there, I know it's there, I can't deny it, I'm very aware of it, but still, there's some aura of mystery about it. Um, I don't know if you can combine what Chris is saying, because um, it sounds like we're on the same page, maybe I'm a little more, like, woo, mysterious than he's being, but I mean, that's how I take it, because it's, it's totally there, I totally know it, I can't deny it, but if you ask me, like, where exactly, like, to, to put it down on pen and paper, like, what exactly I'm talking about spiritual awareness is the best I got and they're like oh we'll define your terms that's what I'm trying to do yeah yeah and that's yeah I like I said I don't think that that's uh unreasonable um it's not it, like I said it's not something that I'm able to reconcile and it's funny because when I like I'll spend a lot of time talking you know to people obviously um and there are the people that I consider good faith actors, you know, who will engage in the conversation like, like we do pretty much, you know, on a daily basis here. And then there are people who I consider the bad faith actors who just want to, um, you know, throw up like Romans one, for example, which to me just like makes me shake my head and makes me want to disengage because, you know, if, if all you're going to do is tell me that I already know what I know, I don't know. There's no sense in having a conversation. Um, but, but no, I think, I think it's, yeah, I, I think it's, it's interesting. I, the reason, so what prompted me to bring this up this morning is that I was going through my, uh, I was going through my, my, my audible, my, like my audio books and stuff like that. Uh, cause I just got a couple of new ones. Um, and as I was scrolling down, like I, you, you know, sometimes when you're scrolling through your phone and sometimes you, you, you flick with a little too much vigor and you end up down close to the bottom. You're like, oh, it's like, yeah, I went too fast. And I ended up down close to the bottom of my list. And there was John Loftus' book that I hadn't listened to in a long time. So I had some time uh, last night. My wife was at a baseball game. Uh, and so I just, you know, it, it took about four hours. I'm like, yep, yeah, okay, cool. And I just went through the whole thing again. And so that that was the reason for the the um, uh, the, the men me mentioning it this morning. Well, I think this is where, like, you and I, you know, surprise, agree again, like, you know, the good faith actors and what's, what's the reason, right? So it's, it's more than, like, you know, what side of the theist, atheist debate you fall on. It's, it's what's the goal, 
So some people, like, you know, the more nefarious, bad faith people on the atheist side or, or you know, another religion side, uh, sometimes isn't even get to, to get people to convert to their own religion. It's just to, like, have this ego trip and, like, show how, you know, quote, show how other people's religions are so false and how, you know, it makes them look so good. And, you know, they can, like, lord it over these other dumb people that don't know their own religion. Um, and those, that's uh, trash human or garbage human, I think, is the term you use. I, I wouldn't disagree too hard about that. Um, <laughs> I'd say we all have value in the sight of God, but man, come on. Um, it, just like, you know, for the Christian side, it's like if someone, you know, there is a time and a place for everyone's one, right? We talked about it. I believe it. I believe it's true. But to start off with, you know, there's a God. What's the worldview? You have no way to function. You can't do anything. You have no morality, demon. Again, on some level, I could agree. And there could be some elements of truth. I don't know. Let's go through that. But I mean, if you just like hit them with all that, you're starting down any conversation before you even start. So is your goal to go on an ego trip and be like, ha, I've shown how dumb your worldview is. And, and, uh, oh, oh, what you want to convert to my way of thinking? Like that's the last thing from their mind. Um, I know that they won't probably say that because they haven't the ones that we've spoke to, but it's like, what, what's the point? Like, do you want to have a conversation? Um, you know, for, for my point, no big deal. It's to tell people about my faith and what I believe and why I believe it. And how, you know, I think the most important thing in this world is to, you know, recognize Jesus as the creator and, you know, go through the prayer. Be like, great, I've told you what I believe and why I believe it. Now go pray to that guy. Let us know what happens. I think it's going to be good for you. Um, and I think, I, I mean, I think that's a lot of the Christians, at least here, um, have that that goal. Even though we do like debate and kind of quibble and stuff like that back and forth, that, that's still the ultimate goal. Um, in a lot of other rooms, um, I mean, you can just tell from their title. <laughs> It's like, come in here, I'll tell you why you're wrong. I mean, maybe not that blatant, but you know, and it's like, I have, I have no desire to like argue or compare intellect because I don't know. I mean, there's always going to be someone better. There's always going to be someone smarter. There's always going to be a better orator. Um, so it's like, great, you've, you're the best one out of three people fighting on Clubhouse. How dumb are you compared to the rest of the world of like intellects who will never be on here because they're out like earning multiple doctorates in like philosophy and debate? Yeah, I think I agree with that. Yeah, like it's like my so, for example, um, I've had several like, you know, in some of the conversations that I've had, you know, you, you hit the point where uh, sometimes you go down the road with someone who is who has more intelligence or experience in a given area. doesn't matter what that is philosophy, you know, and even digging more into that, like, you know, like, so within philosophy, like you're talking to someone about epistemology, for example, right? And you have these discussions with someone and you talk to someone, you're talking to someone who just has more knowledge, experience, information on that given topic. And they take you down a trail. And again, the bad faith actors do this, right? Where they're not actually interested in what it is you have to say. They have a script to work through, um, you know, and, and they want to lead you down this path and and so i will and and i'm i'm certainly not unique in this but i think that the i think that the good faith actors you hit a certain point and i've heard i've heard you say it i've heard chris say it i've heard steph say it i've heard lots of people in this in this in this room in this community say it where they get to a point when they say i don't know which is as i've said many times the most intelligent and honest thing you can say especially when you don't actually know the answer you can make stuff up um, but you just end up, you end up looking silly in the end. Um, and again, this is not, um, I'm not the, the first one to coin this phrase, but someone else said this and I, I use the term a lot uh, or the, the phrase a lot. My ignorance on a topic is not evidence 
for you. Like just because I don't know the answer to something doesn't mean your assertion is by default correct. Um, Lawrence Krauss once said, he said, um, uh, lack of understanding is not evidence for God. It's evidence of a lack of understanding. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and I also think to get biblical for a minute, <laughs> uh, you know, there's different parts, right? So, you know, context, but you know, there are parts where Paul talks about reasoning with people kind of like when in Rome, right? Like he, he was reasoning with people who that's their thing. Kind of like everyone here wants to, wants to reason, uh, you know, for hours on ending. Um, so, you know, there's a time and place for that, but ultimately like the overarching thing is he's like, look, sometimes I just preach the cross of Christ crucified. Uh, so it doesn't lose its power. And there is some, you may say, mystical, psychological, I'll say spiritual compound, because I believe the Bible is true and this is what God wants us to do, uh, to it, that what, you, know, you can take like different, I don't know, I, th I think that's why people who take that approach can get along so well and have good discussions with, you know, like high achieving PhDs. Like, you know, when I when I talk to like Richard Carrier, um, you know, which not a super easy conversation. Um, or, you know, Dr. Josh, uh, I don't know if he's here today, but, you know, when I talk to these, you know, PhD people, um, I am not one of these people, nor do I try to be, because for, for my purposes, like, you know, I, I pick up a lot of stuff through osmosis and talking to people. So, you know, fine, throw, it in the throw that tool in the toolbox. But when you're just like, why do you believe in a God? It's like, I'll go down kind of the list what I said and like, look, I believe there's all this natural evidence. And then as they want to say, well, you know, this could be countered, and, you know, because of my like ancient blah, 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 you know, studies, this could be not as it seems or whatever. I'm like, okay, well, fine. But, you know, the real reason is because, look, I believe there's a God that created stuff. These people got it right. They identified the correct God. And I just stopped talking to people at a certain point and I prayed right to this God. And they're like, oh, because obviously their secular studies do not give them any, any preparedness for, you know, proving or searching or scholarship about saying a prayer to a mentioned divine being so it's like we're all equal in that sense so it's like if if someone wants to like school me or chris on you know um the the ancient civilization of tyre or tyre or whatever um maybe in just pronouncing the name right if they want to school us on that yeah i'll just throw in our hat but it's like oh so so you just like say to set a prayer to this guy and that's that's why you believe and god you say took it from there and led you through this stuff oh, well, okay, I guess I don't have anything to like, you know, refute that other than I don't have evidence for myself. It's like, great, now let's have a real conversation. So we end up having really, really good, deep conversations when it's kind of like on one hand, we're all equal because of the God claim. It's like, well, we're in the same boat. And on the other hand, it's like no one has, no one has to be on their game, like ready to prove or disprove someone. It's just like, yeah, well, let's just talk about this. Now let's talk about this. Anyway, so I think it's, it's disarming and it's also, you know, biblical. It's like, why am I trying to fight for the existence of God? Like, we have reasons. We have stuff that can get you to that. We have the Bible. We have all this natural evidence that you can read. But ultimately, let's just point you to the source and say, go there. I don't know, Chris. You want to weigh in on that real fast? Yeah, what's going on, guys? Hey there. One second. Yeah, just, uh, you know, like Pastor Mark says, word of God. You know, the word of God is two-edged sword. Hey, Lil, what's up? I'm just kind of bored. Do you have so I came here to listen to you, to listen to you Christians, to listen to the word of God, to get like some positivity. 
Well, do you have any questions or what would you like positivity about or just in general? No, no, I don't have any questions. Just want to jump up on the stage because it's better audio quality. Kinda. <laughs> All right. Well, Michael, what do you think about that? I mean, I, I, I've heard you, you too. I think, Michael, right? Like before, when, well, I mean, it's usually people on your own side, but you'll be like, you know, I can't hold a candle to them academically or whatever. So, you know, I'll kind of like defer to them. But then you give your own thoughts because you're still a thinking, rational person. So it's it's not like you know you can't speak. Um, but yeah, in certain academic levels, then maybe you'll just be like, oh, well, I'll just defer to you on this. But here's what I think over here. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's it, it's funny for for all of the reasons, like for 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 all the reasons that we've talked about so far this morning. Those are the reasons why I don't like to, quote unquote, debate. Um, I enjoy having conversations and you know, discussions with people, but. Um, but the term debate is just, it's so adversarial. Mm -hmm. You're on one side, I'm on the other, and I must beat you into submission. Right. And that's usually the position, you know, the, the position that on the person on the other side also takes, right. I must quote unquote win. Um, and it was something, I heard something interesting. I think it was another, it might've been a, a debate, the debate that Christopher Hitchens did once. He, um, he posed the kind of rhetorical question to the, to the audience. He said, you know, how many people in here tonight really, really came into this with the willingness to change their position? Um, and I think if people are being honest, I don't think a lot of people, and I'd be, I'd be, I'm really curious to hear what, uh, what you guys have to think about this, but of the... Yeah, you know, like like of the debate, and there have been some big ones, right? Like Christopher Hitchens has debated William Lane Craig, um, uh, you know, lots of other people. You know, Richard Dawkins has done the same thing to a, a lesser degree. Hitchens was a was a um, just a um, a fabulous uh, orator. Um, but like of these types of things, or or even in even in like a smaller form, like like this, right? Like Clubhouse. Um, you see the rooms, you know, like, you know, come in, debate your position, this, that, the other thing. What percentage of people going into these spaces do you think really, and, and I think on both sides, because I, I have, I have pretty hard thoughts about what I think the actual numbers are, but I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say. Go into these spaces, actually willing to be convinced opposite their position uh well willing man i don't know you're probably going to get a lot of liars or a lot of good faith actors who are still lying even to themselves i, I mean I, I would put my in the thing like willing sure like i'll put my hat in the ring i i'm, I'm willing but do i honestly expect that's going to happen no um so you know like i was watching funny you mentioned hitchens pieces be upon him uh, but i was watching the hitchens linux um i say watching i listened to like 10 minutes of it and I'm like, okay, whatever. But I, I was perusing the Hitchens Linux debate um, back in the day. And no matter what, like, yeah, I, I don't know. I've talked too much. But, but basically, I'm willing, but that's never happened. And like Mark said, he's constantly questions his faith. And as a result, his faith just, I mean, you know, because the more times you question something and the more times you find it solid, well, the more confidence you're going to have in that. So it's like, you know, faith building would be the church term. <laughs> but um, you do that in anything like scientific, you know, hypotheses. The more time you test and run something and it's proven solid, 
the more the more chances you the more times you think, wow, this is really going to be a scientific working theory one day because you have confidence and confidence and there's nothing that defeats it. So, yeah, when when I have these discussions or whatever, sure. I mean, in the very beginning, I'm like, I, I nothing rose to the level of me questioning like God. But I mean, when I first started this thing out, I'm like, hey, maybe this day I find I, you know, am persuaded the Bible is not infallible. And then I'll listen to the argument and I'll check into their argument. And there have been some doozies. Um, where, you know, it's taken, I'm like, you know, this is one of the things where I'm like, I don't know, let me get back to you. Cause I, I had to like, you know, read some stuff. And then when I like checked out all the pros, all the cons, all the, you know, cause I, I usually want to go to the most critical reviews first and see what they're saying. So like when I check this out, I'm like, oh, that's weak. No, no, the Bible's, the Bible's right. Like, no. So the more I did that, the more I got confidence that, yeah, the Bible is just totally inerrant. And we can talk about, you know, like what that means. But anyway, so my position. Well, second, Nate, you do, you do, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to cut didn't mean to, but you did, okay, hang on, we'll come right to you, but anyway, so the more and more times we go through this stuff, and the more and more times my, my faith is just built, so sure, if someone wants to convince me there's a God, I mean, we're probably in the same boat, Michael, you're probably, like, willing, but you don't expect it's going to happen, because, you know, you've just been down this road too much, so whatever it takes to convince you, you're like, all right, man, if you can convince me, sure, but do I really think that's going to happen? No. But it's not like if I if I'm confronted with something, I and my choice are I have a new belief versus I'm so obstinate in my ways I'm gonna like brainwash myself and be like no that's not true no that's not true um so I think we're we're probably in the same page yet again well, yeah well, what, to speak too much Halas, give us a chance to speak too okay there's, there's well you... me hang on buddy it's my room oh, my I don't speak. Uh, okay <laughs> well go to the audience so there's one rule it's be respectful um. I mean, I don't want to be like, it's my room, but it's my room. So if I talk more than most people, deal with it. Um, I wanted to hear what you had to say, but you're not going to be rolling in all hot and heavy like that. So let's see what Toast has to say. What's up, Toast? Uh, I don't want to get kicked. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. Just don't, like, you know, yell at us and tell us how we suck, and, you know, you'll probably be fine. I I don't want to be kicked. <laughs> Go ahead, sir. You're good. My my hands are up. I, I'm not reaching for any weapon right now. My my hands are up in the air, officer. <laughs> did did you want to speak? You're you're free and encouraged to speak. Uh, sir, I'm not reaching for my gun. I don't have a weapon on me. Hands where I can see him. Hands where I can see him. They are where I can see I, him. I swear, I swear, my hands are up in the air. Please, 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 please don't shoot. Don't shoot. Okay, well, I mean, you know, if you do want to say anything, you're you're free and welcome. Uh, but if it starts off with, Nate, you your uh, family sucks, you're ugly, I don't like your hair, and your cat's stupid. Um, you know, I mean, I'll I'll probably because of my own pride and ego, which maybe I shouldn't have, um, won't be super favorable with that. But if you're like, Is yeah, you... I have a question. One second. One second. So so while while toast. Um tries to convince himself that you don't actually have a gun pointed at him. Um, what, what I would, what, what I would say is uh, it, it's interesting. So, okay. I'm going to take a really adversarial position for a second. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, I have, I have burned my hat of charity. Um, okay. Nate, that's really easy for you to say, man, but all you ever do is spend time here. You never go anywhere where you're not in absolute control and you're not surrounded by people who only share your opinion. So I don't believe anything you're saying. You're not really open. I take your criticism. 
no, no. And, and so even, even I don't believe all of that. I think like we, we, we talked, we talked about this oh, a year ago and I don't know that we've talked about it since. Um, and I think you said something basically, uh, equivalent to, um, I've, I've carved out this little space of the internet and I, you know, to use a Royism, I've planted my flag firmly and I've invited everyone to come in here and talk to me, ask me questions, challenge me, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and Hey, you know, that's the glory of, you know, like of having a degree of freedom, right? Like you don't have to do what other people think you have to do. Like I said, I constantly get criticism. I, like I would never share, but some of the private, some of the, some of the messages I get about spending the overwhelming majority of my time in Clubhouse in this space, you wouldn't believe some of the messages I get. It's hysterical. Um, but it, you know, it's like kind of you know, like uh, like I've gotten criticisms like, oh, you know, you go there because they don't really challenge you, uh, stuff like that, uh, which is poppycock. But whatever. Well, I, I mean, it's also what's the? I mean, this goes back to your previous question. What's the goal, right? Like, is my goal to to be challenged? I mean, you know, in a particular way, like it. But I mean, I'm here for it. Uh, so as long as it's respectful. And I mean, there's plenty of non-respectful stuff that we allow. I think, you know, as a group, we have a pretty high tolerance, except Chris. Uh, but, but you know, we have a pretty high tolerance for disrespect. Um, but I mean, you know, we just like start off like, hey, everything you're doing is wrong. I'm like, all right, let's just, this is not going to go well. Let's just skip this. Um, but, you know, I mean, the primary goal is is not to have debates. I mean, the primary goal is to be like, well, look, the world as a whole has a gross misunderstanding of what I believe biblically accurate traditional Christianity is. So let's let's find out what Christianity actually is and what it definitely is not. So that that's really my my goal is, is to just explain what biblical accurate as best as I can do Christianity is and the people, oh. you know, I rely on other Christians to do it too. But yeah, that's the goal. So I mean the debates that come from that sure. So what's up? Just, just, real, just real quick. You're not a Calvinist, right? Nate? Uh, no, despite <laughs> what Chris says, I'm not. Oh, thank. He's a he's a closet Calvinist. He doesn't want to come out to himself. Wait, so what are what are your thoughts? That, like, so do we have free will? Or like, nah, Nate. I like the. I can make peace because it's not a salvation issue. So it just whatever it takes to get that. No, conversation no, no, I, I didn't. In. I didn't ask for salvation. If you, I'm like, I'm just asking if we have free will or not. To. Well, I'm, I'm answering the question, but it, it's not a. I can't do a yes or no answer. Wait, wait, why, why can't you do a yes or no answer? I don't know. It's really simple. It's like yes I'm, or no. I'm about to, ex- I'm about to explain. <sighs> Dude, come on, man. It's not that. It's not that hard. Okay. Yes, we totally have free will. Okay. All right. Cool. Thanks. Right now, what do you I'm, mean by free the, will? He don't want me to explain. So never I, mind. I don't, I, will, I don't think I want you to explain. Wait, you don't have a different different definition of free will than like the average person, do you? What's the average person's definition of free will? I, I can't talk. I'm forbidden. Yes, we have free will. We've got it. <laughs> I really hope we're not appealing well. to another like, ridiculous notion of free will, like a cat, like some Calvinistic interpretation of free will. Oh, oh yeah, like those Calvinists, man, they are they are insane people. Like it's totally like, insane. Like, I know, totally right? Insane. Like Calvinism, like that God could be like, no, I command you to go to hell, right? Like those Calvinists are crazy people. Well, that's there's a difference. There's something like the commands of God, and then like 
you know, your own free will. That's there's a difference there. Yeah, I'm, I'm just uh, just being funny. No, I'm not a Calvinist, but Chris is definitely a Calvinist. <laughs> what makes so, you not a so, Calvinist, by the way? That Calvinism is wrong. He thinks he's not a Calvinist. Then, then every time he talks about anything that touches on Calvinism, <laughs> he gives the Calvinist point of view. And then I just chuckle at him, and I'm just like, thanks, I enjoy Nate being the new Calvinist leader. I mean, so, Cal- it's not a Calvinist point of view if someone says, hey, you know, Jesus is God. You're like, oh, you're a Calvinist. I'm like, no, Calvinism just happens to be right on a few things, like the, the salvation stuff. Um, <laughs> whoa, 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 what? That's a problem right there. Wee, wee, wee. What do you mean, Cal- Cal- John Calvin's right about salvation? <clears throat> okay, I was trying to find the most uncontentious point by that i mean if you find a calvinist and they're like maybe i should have said okay if you find a calvinist and i'm like hey jesus is god death burial resurrection of jesus repent believe the gospel and you know pray to jesus ask for eternal life to be born again they would pro i mean they would they would have some technicality things with that but they'd probably be like yes sure um that's what i mean but yeah. I mean, if you wanted to get in the weeds and explain, like, well, actually, um, you being able to pray to God at all is predicated on this, and then you know you are the, the like three things, like you're regenerated and and this at the exact same moment, but technically one is like milliseconds before the other, and are like, okay, so if someone prays to Jesus and asks for eternal life, they'll get it right. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, of course. Uh... God told God dragged them at that moment which is why they were granted the faith and repentance necessary to even have their heart or mind turned in that direction. So where I would say, yeah. great, the Holy Spirit was pulling you, and you, you recognize that, you recognize God, you recognize you're not a, you need a Savior and there's sin, and well, you know, you're hopeless well, without God, so you ask Jesus to forgive you. <clears throat> there's just, a, then, there's just one, yep. one, one teeny tiny problem with that, in that, like, you know, was, was your name or the person's name, you know, quote-unquote, written in the Book of Life? beforehand you know do how do you sort of uh right the the unconditional election right like you know your book written in the name of life in the name in the book of life beforehand irregardless of the spirit pulling you um after the fact so i guess your your name was just already always written right so again what do you mean by that i'm not asking the heretic i'm asking uh nate who's (laughs) identified himself as a non-heretic which i'm trying to figure out if he's actually a heretic or not Oh, I want to hear I want to hear Chris and Toast uh, talk after I'm done. This will be fun. Remember, with gentleness and respect. I have um, popcorn. Uh, yeah, I'm, I need to pop mine. Okay, so there's a I mean there's a couple things, right? It's just consider the possibilities. So one, no, you have total free will. God, I guess, is bad at his job and doesn't know stuff. Um, you know, you you pray. Your name is not in the Lamb's Book of Life. Well, that was unfair to say. Okay, you pray. Your name is let's just say not in the Lamb's Book of Life. Um, you recognize the Holy Spirit's pulling you. You're like, oh, Jesus, I'm I'm so lost without you. I need a Savior. Save me. Forgive me. Boom. Name's written in the Lamb's, Lamb's Book of Life. Another scenario, it's always been in there because God always knew that you were the elect. And, you know, at some point you're going to realize that you're going to be granted, you know, repentance and regeneration and faith. And great. Um, you did nothing for it. Your name was just always in the Lamb's Book of Life. Third option, your name's always been in the Lamb's Book of Life. And, uh, you know, God's always known what you're going to totally freely choose to do, and that's going to be the end result of your name being in the Lamb's Book of Life. So as far as God's concerned, you're always going to be one of the elect. As far as yeah. you're concerned, you recognize the call, you totally freely pray and choose and believe, and now, as far as you're concerned, your name's just written in the Lamb's Book of Life, but it's always been there. That's a third option. That's so so which option do you choose then? 
if it's like option A, B, and C. And I think I've I've recognized the three options you've laid out. Uh, I think it's the I, I, if I had to pick one, like I said earlier, I, I which I was forbidden from explaining, <clears throat> I would pick the one that like gets us out of this conversation because like uh, Timothy says, is it Timothy? Um, about the you know don't worry about corals and genealogies and all this stuff because it is a cancer and ruins all who listen. Uh... So, anyways, so I would say that. But if gun to my head, I'll pick the third one. God's always known that, you know, if you're an elect, if your name's on the Lion's Book of Life, God has always known your in-state of every single person. So, uh, you know, whenever you, whether or not you think you have free will or whether or not you have free will, whenever you, 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 know, you pray, you believe, you may just have a revelation like, oh, now I know there's a God. Now I know I'm saved. Now I know my name's in the Book of Life. But God's not surprised. <clears throat> He's always known that. Okay, so, so yeah, that's, that's distinctly... Uh, Calvinistic, by the way, like I'm, I'm understanding. I'm really understanding now, like why Chris was saying that you take Calvinistic notions. That like Wait, that's God always. Oh, okay. Let me ask you a question then. <clears throat> very okay. Cal- I mean, you actually might be a closeted Calvinist at this point. I'm, I'm totally down with what Chris <laughs> is mentioning. I mean, okay. I, it feels like you've just demonstrated it. To be totally honest, and and for just one more thing, just one more thing, real quick. Um, what the hell? Um, no, like it's you. You have to like testing spirits is not like you know is not poison to the church. Like if, if I want to have a conversation and we're going to, you know, do this, like I think to test, test spirits is important, right? Like who I'm having a conversation with to know, you know, what we're doing as, as like, you know, if we're both guy identified as Christians and talk to one another, testing spirits, I think is, I don't, I don't know why you're going to call that into dispute. Oh, that's what you want to say. Um, well, I, uh, testing spirits. Yeah, we get in that yesterday. Uh, someone was all like all hot and bothered because I asked if they were coming from like, you know, what kind of perspective they were coming from, like Christian or agnostic. And they went completely ballistic over that. So, you know, I, I test spirits at, at a much lower level. Whenever it gets to stuff that I do not consider salvation issues, most Calvinists slash Arminians will not consider the free will determinism disagreement a salvation issue. Um, the ones that do are usually hyper on one side or the other. Um literally and philosophically um but yeah so do you think like god just doesn't know stuff like where even though i would say we have free will we have freedom um see we should have defined free will way back way back ago so by free will (laughs) is is like god knows all possibilities but he doesn't know exactly which one but he's super prepared because he knows everything that could possibly happen or god knows exactly what's going to happen like where do you stand on that I mean, you've already figured it out, though, Nate. I just want to hear it. I've been but wrong already, more than you, once today. I don't want to be wrong again, so just just tell me. God knows all but possibilities, you, but, but no specifically that one. But you, I mean, you already have the answer to this. Why, why do I need to bother? Well, I mean, you already uh, claim no. So well, a, a re- I, I don't by me saying please answer because I don't know. You hear that as I claim to know. No, no, I I'm, I'm asking. Already, like, I think you've already said that you. I mean, you, you gave an answer earlier for this, so. Mm. The first answer, so like God, God doesn't know you totally freely choose to to pray and repent and believe, and then your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and God's like, okay, well, there's one more name that I, you know, I'm I'm very happy because a new name just showed up. That one. Okay, I'm just gonna say that one. Like, I, I feel like a respectful dialogue would have gone like, is this the one you believe? And you'd be like, yes or no. <laughs> but it's like, I think you know, I think you know. Like, that's like some Hebrew-Israelite kind of avoidance. Well, as in that, like, you, you know, when you laid Hebrew out those Israelite, three right? options, 
when you when when you laid out those three options earlier and you said like you know gun to my head i'm I'm picking this one i i took that as an answer you and on like the nature of god right okay so i'm just going with the first one okay um you want to talk to chris for a little bit that'll be fun uh i'm gonna to talk to Haiti actually you pick some atheists to talk to over Chris. Oh, I guess that is kind of bad, right? I'm I'm picking the Calvinist. The, uh, the atheists to talk to over Chris over uh over the Calvinist. And we skip Sean too. What's up, Sean? How are you? Happy morning. Good morning. I assume you're driving. What's up, Haiti? How's your morning going? Um, how is my morning going? Pretty good. Pretty good. I woke up. Very early, went back to sleep. Now I think I'm up for the day. It's only 6 a.m. now. I get up so early these days. This must be my... Hey, Haiti, what, what, what happened to the rest of the last night? I don't remember what happened what? Like after you left the room. Hmm? What happened after I left the room? Did you ever talk to Ethan again last night? No. You no, apparently he uh... wants to uh, put me on trial, though. I th I heard John John Lee said that you were submitting yourself to trial, actually. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That was funny. That's what <laughs> I guess you can never really trust what John Lee says. All right, well I'm in the dark. Um Michael, back to you. You, you. Oh, not or Haiti. Do you have anything to say about something other than um, no one else knows you two are talking about? No, no, I really don't. I I will just say that there are people on this app who are atheists who pretend to be Christians to troll, and it's just lame and pathetic. Um. And uh, don't believe. If you don't think they're Christians, it's probably because they're atheists trolling. Oh wow! <laughs> like, is is this just like a, assumptions, or it's like come out that that's that's exactly who they are and what they do, or like would they? Or, I mean, I guess they would dispute it if that's. I mean, it's dang, just I mean, one of those um, really obvious things that people go along with to be part of the troll. Well, look, look. I mean. Supposing I came up on stage tomorrow and I was like, hey, I'm Christian now. And you're like, oh, oh, what happened? And I'm like, oh, um, well, uh, the Holy Spirit lights me up. Nate, do you believe me? And then I continue to be exactly the same person I was yesterday. Apart okay, from I didn't, know saying, if this is, I didn't know if this was going to be like one of the long cons where it's like someone that's been known for like, you know, years. It's um, like secretly an atheist that they've just... <laughs> I don't, I don't know how long it's going to be, but it's, it's a medium car. Uh, uh, well, so I barely know anyone here on this app anyway. Everyone's like, we've talked before. I'm like, oh, really? I'm sorry. That's true. I mean, you keep to your own room, so you, you're missing out on a lot of uh, community drama. <laughs> uh, Michael, you've been having your popcorn while whatever's been going on has been going on. you have any thoughts on... The conversation you heard yeah it's funny yeah. or just anything else yeah i sent chris a just a, a back channel message i i'm having a hard time and maybe it's just the tonality and I, I could be completely wrong but i'm having a hard time uh taking the like i don't i'm i'm wondering where toast really stands like i don't know if whether he's an atheist or a christian i'm my spidey sense is tingling about his sincerity <laughs> uh i'm a firm i'm a firm believer in christ jesus who was crucified and rose from the dead. Oh, Period. but he's not a Trinitarian, Nate. Did you know that? Haiti, stop. Can you stop? That's very annoying, Haiti. Please don't do that. Oh, you mean yeah, the att Trinity? attack her. 
telling the truth about you is annoying. No, okay. you don't need to like, announce it for me. I was getting there if you'd let me get there. I bet you there. weren't getting there because you've. I've known you a long time and you only ever said it once. You keep that well under wraps. Uh, oh, that's so tiresome. Yeah, okay, Nate, I, I deny the, the Trinity. And the oh, Council of Nicaea so was uh, heretical. <coughs> that, that's super oh, it's so fun how when you, it's not happening to me. Like, like, how do you from a bit, like, so, I mean, I'm a, I'm a former Christian. Um, how do you, how do you reconcile oneness uh, with the Bible? How do I reconcile oneness with the Bible? Well, that's what I, I affirm that I, I well, what I don't affirm. I don't affirm, affirm like the oneness or the trineness of God at all. It doesn't, I don't reconcile it with the Bible because it, it seems irreconcilable. Irre did, th did that make sense for you? No, no, not, not in any way, shape, or form. Uh, there is no oneness. There is no like triuneness, right? Which is what people usually appeal to, right? The, the oneness of God is, is, is about the Trinity. Which again, I, I don't believe in. Okay. Well, yeah, and, and it kind of speaks to what it kind of speaks to what Haiti said a second ago. Like she she had said that you know you're you're not a trinitarian. So I mean, there's trinitarian or there's oneness. Like, or, or is there a third option that I'm unaware of? <laughs> um, I, I believe you're. Yeah, I think there's a third option. Oh, what is that? <sighs> well, it's it's I I think I think trinit like the trinity and oneness are kind of the same for me. There's like some sort of equivocation that's, that's occurring um, between those two things, oneness and trineness. And again, these, these types of concept, concepts are a little difficult to really parse out. But again, like as far as, you know, the, the non-Trinitarian stance or Arianism, right? If you look up the, the um, you know, one of these, you know, it's basically church fathers, Arius, A-R-I-U-S, who again, did not hold to the Trinity, but affirmed that like, you know, God, the father was distinct who had a, who was who had a son you know a begotten son which was Christ Jesus and then you know you got those those two you know distinct entities and then the third entity being you know the holy spirit which is again you know formless doesn't like sit on a throne or anything as opposed to like you know God the father and Christ Jesus which do sit on thrones and then again the holy spirit as a sort of a like an ephemeral spirit right like there's that doesn't really you know have like as a physical manifestation does that does that help at all, or I hope I'm not confusing you? No, you're not confusing me. Okay, so so you do not believe that Jesus was God made flesh. I believe it was his his son, right? But a begotten son. There but, there's a divinity to Christ. Was to be sure was okay. Was Jesus or sorry sorry Nate? Forgive me while I put my Christian hat back on. Is Jesus God? Jesus is not God the Father. No distinct that's not what Jesus i asked thought. you i asked you if jesus was god right and, and we're we're, for, we're saying god as in, like when you say god you mean like god creator god the creator like father you know yahweh the i no, am no i mean the unbegotten one i mean from a trinitarian perspective three three uh three beings one essence god the father no god, the to son, totally god, wrong creator. no there's no one essence Okay. Okay. So, can you back that up biblically? Well, yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, you know, talking here if I if I couldn't do that. Okay. Well, then, please. So, you want like verses, pages? Want me to send you like a study guide or? No, no you can yeah, just, you can just, 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 just verses. Yeah. Sorry, Nate. I'm sorry. I'm taking over your space. 
Well, yeah, if you could send him a study guide, because, like, going back to the point, Michael. Remember I, for one, thing, like Michael is, as the Christian apologist. Can we have more Michael Christian apologists? <clears throat> I mean, yeah, not. maybe we can get it. But, I mean, on, on one hand, like, you know, I don't want to have a whole lot of time of, like, you know, back and forth debate. Because, again, like, I am so thoroughly convinced that, you know, the, I'm biblically accurate that, you know, if people want to challenge, like, things like the, the Trinity or stuff like that, it's like, I've got, like, five, maybe ten minutes for that. But to get into, let me take you through a Bible study that's going to last 20 plus minutes and we're all going to disagree anyway. Man, life's too short. But yeah, if you could send them a study guide, that would be great. On the other hand, um, Chris, you have, I, I think the best argument has been made during this conversation why I just need to say I am a, a Calvinist. Would it be like, is people that are Calvinists that really want to be Calvinists, like, is that where they say, I'm a four point Calvinist? Can I be like a three? Point one Calvinist or something. Yeah, sure. Lose, uh, free will, libertarian free will. There's no way you can. <laughs> can I be a libertarian free will Calvinist? No, it, no. Right, Chris? But you like the compatibility That's... thing, as you say, right? You're like, oh, I like I the do, compatibility and... thing. <laughs> well, I mean, I like it because it gets us away from fighting about nonsense. Like that's why I like it. Um, not because I I think it's like the best, but it's like the best for both sides who are not you know, insane or, or like not insane. That's the wrong word, but like, um, argumentative who are reasonable. It's, it's the best thing that both sides should be able to be like, okay, good enough. Let's move on. Um, it, it's the best diffusing point, which I was trying to say before I was forbidden, but you know, when we're talking about like oneness and Trinity, I'll just go ahead and say it like that. That's where I was getting to is it sidesteps the whole issue. And then we can get back to talking about Jesus and salvation. Um, <clears throat> So did I hear correctly? I was helping my wife with a passport application. Um, so my wife is going to Europe next year without me for a week. It's great. Um, yeah, well, I can't get away from my business. She wants me to come, but like, I can't, I can't leave the country for a week and a half. You know, like it's just not, she's going to Britain. So she's going to go stay with, um, her cousin, Johnny and their family and, you know, Haiti, you would you would love this family because um, the two kids, the two girls that are grown now, one of them is a is an atheist that you would be uh, you would be very proud of. And the other is an agnostic who is also a fiction writer. And I've actually been um, reading her her um, her fiction book, and it is very, very good. Oh, what about Sade? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me that. Um, he's like the mayor of this little town outside of London somewhere. Oh, I'm not okay. sure. Okay, outside London. Okay, well, I'm sure she'll have a wonderful time. So she's getting a passport. That's good. She's going to need that. Indeed. Yeah. So Were you going she, yeah. somewhere with this? Or? Yeah. No, 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 no. I just, well, I was just saying, I was going to ask, is, is Toast, did I hear correctly that Toast is an Aryan? <laughs> Well, like, is that correct, or am I, am I? Did I just make that up in my head? No, he said it, but he said one of the church fathers, Arius. I think. Well, clo close. I, I'm calling him that, right? Yeah. I'm using that term very, very loosely, right? Yeah. But he, again, one of, the, one of the early figures in the church, okay, to the, at the very least. Yeah, didn't back Trinitarianism, and that's why I was going to defer to you, Chris, because you know a lot more about the church fathers than I do. And the only I mean, one I would yeah. say, because now you're going to get in it, Chris, great, finally, I don't have to, I can eat popcorn. I, I was just going to say, like, you know, one of your points against the Trinity was, like, the Nicene Creed. Like, maybe some people, but I don't know, there has to be a lot more on my side, I have to think, that don't get Trinity from Nicene Creed. Like, I start getting the Trinity 
if I just read the first page of the Bible. So like, I, I don't care about what a bunch of crusty guys in the three hundreds did. Um, I read the Bible and I, I just see the Trinity. Um, so someone could argue that I've been like, you know, led that way because of the Trinitarian view, which came from the council of Nicaea, whatever, whatever, whatever. But I mean, knowing that is a good preventative against that being the case. So, I mean, I just can't get away from seeing it on its face in the Bible, regardless of any other council. Anyways, go ahead, Chris. It can't be that obvious because they debated it for like 100 years. Well, his sheep know well, his voice. Maybe that's why. Yeah, I mean, so it wasn't so much of a debate in the early church. Looking at history, again, whoever says the early church believed and then follows up with something is giving you propaganda because the early church had many beliefs and they were not monolithic and that it's propaganda to say that it was. So like there were a lot of beliefs in the early church. Um, yeah, exactly. Now, That's the point. Yeah. Because yeah. it wasn't that yeah, clear. Yeah, yeah. Well, and well, it's not that it wasn't clear. It's that there were certain heresies. So like Gnosticism was a huge heresy right away. Um, and even during the apostles day, when the apostles are standing right there, there are people like, nah, the apostles don't know what they're talking about. Here's the real doctrine. And you read this in the New Testament in the epistles where they're just like, you know, like Paul in Second Corinthians talking about the super apostles that he comes up against in the Corinthian church um, and has to battle. Um, and, and it's just, I mean, even when the apostles are there, people were spinning false doctrine. So, you know, the early church and a lot of the early church writings are in response to major heresies. So like Arianism was a huge heresy. Um, in fact, <laughs> most... Okay. Um, Post didn't like Most... That. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, he was calling me a heretic for being Calvinist, so, uh, you know, you got that. But, um, <laughs> you know, right? So, so... Arianism was a huge heresy that, that a lot of bishops believed. And so there were Arian church councils that went against Nicaea. And as a matter of fact, after the Council of Nicaea in 325, there's this whole propaganda that like the emperor then, you know, mm. took the side of the, you know, the, all the, all the um, Dan Brown um, conspiracy theory nonsense from um, uh, the Da Vinci Code, right? Like, it's also ahistorical. It's kind of funny. But, like, Constantine himself was an Arian. And then uh, Athanasius, who was the champion of, you know, the Trinity, who we have the Athanasian Creed from, he was banished for 19 years. And actually, the Pope at the time um, was an Arian Pope. Um, and so the Bishop of Rome, I mean, it's anachronistic to call him the Pope, but um, the Bishop of Rome was Arian and he threw Athanasius out of the church and Athanasius and they had a church council right about 20 years after Nicaea in 344, I believe um, they, they had a whole church council affirming Arianism. And Athanasius stood against both the church council and stood against the Pope or the, you know, what we would think of as the Pope, but the Bishop of Rome. Um, and it wasn't until years later that Athanasius was, uh, you know, put back in his position in Alexandria and, you know, that the, that the Arians were pushed out. 
and it wasn't by the emperor. Again, the emperor was an Arian, and it wasn't by the power of the Roman government. It was literally by the majority of the bishops who, whom Athanasius had convinced at Nicaea. And after 20 years of studying this, they were like, yeah, he is right. The Bible does teach the Trinity. And so then that's when they pushed out the Arians. And that, are we just gonna that do like, is the like nuance of church history. Story time? Like the entire, I, I feel like we could have a oh, conversation. Oh, I'm sorry. Would you like me to cite like, all no, of my sources? I, I mean, like, what's, what's the I point? Can. You're just going to keep on saying, like, ah, this guy's like a total lying here. I mean, I'm not going like that long-winded about you. I'm not just like sitting here trying to dress you down as like, you know, obviously, like, you know, some – somebody who like promotes heresies, I, I get it. You know, we're both against each other's heresies, but I mean, I'm not going to just sit here and blather on about it for like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know who asked for story time. Haiti probably did, but she like left yeah, you talk a few minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. I talked too much. So no, I mean, like, we, I know the like, history too. I mean, if you, I, I'm, do you know, I'm oh, you do history. know history, huh? Yeah. So, like, I was, you... I was pretty much I, loosely following that, that historical. Who was, who was, the Arian Pope? who was the Arian Pope that pushed out, pushed out Athanasius? Constantine. What was his name? No, he was not the Pope. So oh. you know history really well. Who was the, sorry, wait, I, th I thought was... you were talking about, I thought you were talking about, you know, well, obviously Constantine at the time was an Arian. I thought you were talking about how he like removed, um, um, Athanasius. Constantine okay, did not remove Athanasius. So the, so yeah, again, the Arian Pope. Who was that? All right. All right. You got me. I don't think okay. you did. You did you name him? No, I haven't yet. But I mean, like, you wait, know. so you wait, in the in when you were doing your story time, like you didn't name him. No, that's why I was oh. asking you if you knew who it was. It wasn't that I was trying to figure out if you were listening to me. It was what I was trying to figure out if you knew anything about the history oh. at all. Which it sounds like you don't. So so okay. So here's wasn't the thing. that important? Like it is important. So like church history is vitally important to these issues when we're talking about Arianism. And we're talking about the history of it and how Arianism developed. And you know, and in fact, as a matter of fact, a hundred and fifty years later, Augustine is writing against. Arian church councils. Arianism did not die at 325, and it wasn't like the Christians like murdered all the Arians or any other nonsense that we hear from all this propaganda. It, it, church history is nuanced and complex, and I think that my point is that when we try to reduce church history to, you know, bullet points, is when we get in serious trouble. I did not remove him. He removed himself. So on one hand, I was going to say, Michael, um, remember what we were talking about, how people who will out intellectualize someone else and there's always a bigger fish. Um, and I was going to say that's bad. But then other times, you know, like where Paul reasons with the people over and over and that's good. Um, I was kind of leaning towards one way. But now, since it kind of worked himself out, I'm going to say, good job, Chris. Yeah, I, I I'm having a hard time. Uh, <clears throat> believing that that he was really sincere um like just from the way just from what he was saying and the way he was saying it that you know just my opinion but yeah well you know i you know we we just need maybe we i should just be like all right what position are you coming from identify yourself it's like 
gosh, we even talked about the conversation where, oh, well, why can't you just identify yourself? I'm like, okay, well, yeah, that's a good point. We do that. I think it's useful. But then he wouldn't identify himself. I'm like, well, look, what do you think about this? I was like, oh, I think you kind of know. I'm like, well, no, I mean, j just say it. Like, it's not a gotcha. Just tell me. Like, I don't care. He's like, oh, I think you probably know already. And then we find out, like, you know, all this other stuff. Like, you know, he's, I don't know, calls, I guess, Calvinist heretics, which, you know, who doesn't? Um, but, I mean, you know, he calls Calvinist heretics, which most non-Calvinists wouldn't even call Calvinist heretics. Um, and then he goes on to, you know, I guess the, well, I deny the Trinity, and I'm also not oneness. So I'm like, what else is there? There's like Unitarian people, right? Is that the only other thing from from not not oneness? Um, there's Binitarian I, I as well. Oh, well, I mean, I well, I, I there's made a Aryans, joke about, which is, I guess, what well, yeah, I mean, I guess that. I mean, I made a joke. I'm like, are you a Hebrew Israelite? <laughs> Turns out that was closer than Christian. Um, anyway, so I mean, maybe we do just need to be like, state your state your business, <laughs> identify yourself, yeah. and if people can't do that. Just be like, all right, we can't talk because we know something big is coming. It, like, seriously, what is the problem? I'm just like, Michael, what's your position? You're like, atheist. Nate, what's your position? Christian. Oh, do you believe in the Trinity? Yeah. Oh, are you Calvinist? No. Like, now let's talk. Haiti, were you trying to say no, something? No, I was agreeing with you. It's really frustrating when people refuse to put their cards on the table. And usually it's because they want to hold something over their interlocutor, right? Um, and I, I guarantee Toast wouldn't have told you he wasn't a Trinitarian. <laughs> He wouldn't have done yeah, no it. <laughs> he doesn't want to have to like defend that position, you know. Like Chris probably would have sniffed it out about forty minutes. Yeah, they were just all wasting um, our time. You yeah, think he's know, one right? kind of Christian, and he's actually another kind of Christian. And it's like, for the record, like I don't care. I, I mean, you know, spiritually I care. I think it matters. But I mean, look, tell me you worship Satan. Like, you know, is Jamesy still here? Like, James is down there. He's like, yeah, I'm a Satanist. I mean, you know, like an atheist Satanist. But I mean, I don't know. Tell me you're like a theistic Satanist. I don't care what you're saying. Um, just be a respectful, you know, yeah. theistic Satanist. And, you know, probably don't say anything illegal or I may, you know, maybe would call someone. But I mean, you know, I, I generally I don't care. Like, I'm not I'm not going to yell and scream and stuff like that. I just want to know so we can have a tailored conversation. Um, otherwise, what are we doing? And it's like, you know, if someone thinks that on one hand, they're super, super shady. If they won't just be like, okay, here, yeah, you want to know, here's what I am, now let's start from there. Um, the only other real possibility is they're so wounded uh, from from having all these conversations where people like, you know, they feel like they're unjustly persecuted for, for saying they're something, and then other people like jump all over them and condemn them when they're like, well, no, I, I say that, but that's not really how, you're not giving me time to explain it properly, blah, blah, blah. Like, I get that, but if you're too wounded to just say, yeah. I'm a binitarian or I'm an Israelite. I mean, you know, someone else has to help you. That's that's not my not my not my calling. <laughs> like um Yeah, but from the get go when it's like I don't have a you know, I you know, my hands are up. Like that just no, no. <laughs> I th that was it may sound harsh, but that was kind of the end for me. That was like no, I <laughs> seriously. I I do have a question about yeah. it though. Oh, go ahead. Well, just when they say Jesus isn't God, um, you know, he's not like co-eternal, he's not in the Trinity, but he is the son of God. I just don't know what that means because, like, you know, we have some conceptions of son and one of them might be biological. Like, I think the Greek gods, their sons were like their literal sons, right? They actually had sex with a woman. And then there might be just, um, you know, maybe the adoption um, or maybe just some kind of strange metaphor 
but I don't know what they mean. And they, they have a very hard time explaining what the son of God means when it's not also a God, you know, when Jesus isn't also God. Yeah. And I mean, what he said, he said, you know, begotten, whatever. I mean, you know, we didn't really give him a chance to explain, but I mean, I didn't really want to because because that's where it goes. Right. It's like I don't I don't want to be preached at. I mean, I don't really want to do the preaching. I just want to, like, clear up misconceptions about Christianity and point them to Jesus and, you know, send them on their way to God. Um, but, but I mean, if anyone's going to do preaching, at least let it be from the side that, you know, this room thinks is biblically accurate. D, identify yourself. <laughs> well, I am a Christian, and I was brought up in uh, in the belief of Trinitarianism, but when I got on the app, uh, I guess the Trinity that I thought it was was oneness. So um, I guess I'm a heretic, because I'm just going to start from the beginning and find it on my own. <laughs> so, <laughs> believe in the messiah i believe that christ died on the cross resurrected death girl resurrection repent 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 that's what i'm going with and uh, me and my heavenly father we're connected so what everybody else has to say i'm not worried about it but i i don't mind being interested in learning other people's doctrines but that's where i'm at <laughs> oh no you're cutting up a little bit oh no you're cutting up d yeah, but that was a funny uh, thing. It's like, what doctrine? You know, like I said, you know, can you back that up biblically? And then he's like, do you want me to send you a study guide? And I was like, that's just, I mean, come on. Just like, uh, yeah, I mean, like like from if I, again, I put throw my Christian hat back on, you know, um, you know, you know, I and the Father are one. If you've seen the Father, you know, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Like there's just a couple of verses just off the top of my head. That was kind of my found, those were some of my foundations when I was a believer, and he and all I wanted was just like a verse or two counter that to, in support of his position. And he's like, can I send you a study guide? Like, nah, whatever. So to to address um, Dion in the chat. So not even uh, just like he says. Who wrote Romans? Mark said the Holy Spirit, which is true. I said Paul. And he said, in other words, you don't know. That's not even biblical. Paul is the only original writer in the New Testament, which I don't know what that means. And then he said, Mark, where did Peter and Timothy, who were first century Hebrews, learn how to read and write Koine Greek in a way to present those books? Like, okay. Not even liberal authors. I know that Michael is friendly with Bart Ehrman, who Bart Ehrman does not believe that uh, Colossians, Ephesians, and the pastoral epistles, First and Second Timothy and Titus, were written by Paul. Even he acknowledges that Paul wrote Romans. Like, I mean, and that's as far, that, that is like harsh textual critic, like Bart Ehrman. Like, he even believes that Paul wrote Romans. Like, that's just not even in contention for anyone sane, like, I, I just don't, I don't even know where that's coming from. So that can be said for that. But in terms of what do you mean about like Timothy not knowing Greek, like Timothy was brought up in, not in Judea and the people in Judea spoke Aramaic and Greek. 
And Peter would have had some rustic Greek along with John. I'm not real sure they would have been able to read and write it, but they had amanuensises that would they would dictate to that would write Greek. And we know this for John because the writing style of the Gospel of John and 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John is radically different from the writing style of Revelation. And it's because he didn't have an amanuensis. He was going with his rough fisherman rustic Greek in, in Revelation. It lends more credence to his authorship to know that the the rustic Greek that he's writing in Revelation is is just that. It's rustic. It's not the the the, the practiced hand of a scholar. And uh, I, I don't know where they're even from. They're just they're pulling like yeah, horse Roman. Literally no one disputes that. Like even again, Bart Ehrman, who is a harsh critic of Christianity, he would never dispute Paul's authorship of Romans. Like I just I don't even know what to say. All right, let's see. Yeah, I think I think the only thing I'm um, I'm pretty sure I've heard Ehrman say yeah, like be in agreement with what you just said, Chris. The only thing that I the only thing that I've heard or that I've read um, of airmen's that talk you know, where there'd be firm disagreement is that, um, you know, for example, uh, like to show like an example of a, of a depart of, of a divergence would be that, uh, he doesn't believe that all of the, uh, epistles attributed to Paul were actually written by him, for example. Right. So yeah, Ephesians and Colossians, he would say are not written by Paul. Well, good morning, LSF. What's up? Morning. What's on your mind today? Uh, I uh, well, well, you were talking about um, toast, because um, uh, yeah, hey, were you there, Hadi, when he was talking to me the other day? Because he was uh, uh, accusing me of not being a Christian. Oh, um, I don't remember that. No, I guess I was. Uh, yeah, because uh, I've got a slightly different position to some. Uh, I wasn't aware that he wasn't a Trinitarian there. Yeah, because he never tells anyone. Yeah, I've also noticed that, that it's very difficult sometimes to get an answer out of people. They can't just put their cards on the table. I mean, that's definitely a red flag or at least like very, very bright orange flag. How about you, Xbox? How you doing? Good, man. I just got up just here just a little bit ago. Haven't done much. I did have a question, though, and then uh, I didn't want to interrupt Chris there. Um, as, as an adult, what would you, um, recommend, um, to bring someone to Christianity? Like, you mean like a book recommendation or something? Anything. Yeah. Like what, what would, what would, um, tempt someone to go to Christianity more than any other religion or non-religion? I believe do what Jesus says in the Bible. So like track down the parts in the Bible where Jesus talks about that, like how you can like know about God, which in a nutshell is be humble, be sincere. If you have some ego or like prideful thing and you're like reading the Bible to disprove the Bible, it's probably not going to be a great start. But I mean, if someone's like, look, I'm sincere, I'm humble. I don't care if I'm wrong. I just want to know the answer. If you start with that posture and read the words of Jesus where he says, I can give you eternal life. You must be born again. Seek me and you will find me. So essentially, if someone will pray 
And I, I get it. People say, oh, how can I pray to a God I don't believe in? Take a, this is where you take a step of faith, right? So like, don't go out in the public square, right? Go somewhere quiet where you don't feel like a fool uh, praying to, you know, some sky fairy or whatever. But get somewhere alone where it's just between you and this God that you're seeking to see if this God exists. And at that point, it's only pride that's keeping you. Like, what, are you, are you like judging yourself? I mean, that's a sign of pride. Don't do that. Um, and anyway, so that, in essence, pray like Jesus of the Bible. If you're there, you know, I'm believing, um, you know, I'm going to take a step of faith. Like, you know, you say we must be born again. You say you can, you can give eternal life to whoever wants it for free. I don't have to do anything. I want that. Yes, I will take a little bit of step of faith and recognize that this could all be true and I could be wrong. And I want you to save me and forgive me. I really think like that is the right path. Um, and there's not an exact formula, but that is definitely the right path. So start with the guy we're all pointing people to and do what he says. Th that's the best thing I can say for people. Um, because if you just you know read another book or watch another YouTube debate, it's always going to lead farther and farther away from Jesus. Like you may start like, well, what's the, you know, what's the evidence for this? And that's going to send you down like rabbit hole upon rabbit hole, uh, you know, further, further away from the point, which is Jesus versus just start with Jesus and stay there. And then, you know, let us know what happens. I think that's, that's usually when you hear that like most Christians will, you know, give their story or whatever, it will go something like that. And it'll be like, look, whenever I was like at the end of my rope or whenever I was in such a bad place or whenever I just like, you know, didn't knew that my world was burning down and no one else could save me. And I just like called out to Jesus, like there he was. Anyway, that's what I would say. Can I comment? Can I comment on what you just said just now? Oh, sure. Yeah, because the problem I have with that is it seems like it's like before we show it's true, you need to like try it first and any other religion can set that as their own criteria as well, saying you need to just come in and live the religion first. So how many of that are you going to do? Like theoretically, right? Like. If you can't convince someone first and you say you need to just start living it already before you then see that it's true, that, you know, that just seems suboptimal in my opinion. I agree with you except for Christianity. Like we, talk, we started off talking about this because all the other religions don't say what I just said. Like it's not pray to our God and God himself is going to prove. And that was the end, end part of that, by the way. It wasn't just like pray and receive nothing. Like, you know, it's like pray and like, you know, you're, you're aware, like you've got an extra sense or you just, you just somehow realize that like a, a switch clicks in your brain and you're like, huh, this is true. What changed? Um, versus like other religions will say, well, here's how you follow our religion. You have to do this. You have to do these rituals. You have to go to these places. You have to give, you know, do different things. And there's no way to really know. You just have to really totally have faith. Um, versus in Christianity, I, I, we start out saying, okay, you don't have to do stuff. You don't have to go places. You don't have to do rituals. You pray directly to this God. If this God is going to show you evidence or prove himself to you, it's going to come directly from this God. So it's not just like you throw out empty, empty prayers forever. It's taking a step. It's taking a chance. So it's not like you have to, you have to like fake it until you make it. It's like you're turning over rocks. You're exploring things. So instead of like exploring things like scholarship or watching more debates between like, 
you know, imams and philosophers that that lead nowhere because someone may have a compelling argument, but that's not going to prove God um, versus just forget all that, pray directly to God and let God himself show up and prove himself to you. Like if that happens, like no one's going to be able to talk you out of that. You can't unlive your experience. That's a good metaphor you've used with picking up and looking up under every rock. That's what if as a non-believer or non-theist, I I would be doing that for eternity, turning over every rock. So I'm trying to figure out why I would um, stop turning over rocks and stop at this one. Well, I mean, if you find it lacking and, you know, you do, I, I think that's the best evidence someone has to like become um, argumentative or combative against Christianity is, you know, it's very, very clear, right? Like Jesus says, you must be born again. I will give eternal life to whoever asks for it. Repent, believe the gospel, which is the good news, which is what we're talking about. And he says, pray to me and seek me. You will find me. Like that's an outright claim Jesus makes. So if you do that, if you humble yourself and you're not an arrogant whatever person, if you're like sincere in this, and I'm not going to be the one to say, oh, well, you weren't sincere enough. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I don't care about gotcha stuff. But I mean, that's, that's like the, the prescription. That's the path. So if someone does that and they, find, they don't find Jesus and, you know, they can say, well, let me examine this. Let me be detailed, just as detailed as I am in every other area of my argumentative life about religion. Let me use that same scrutiny. So let me check the bases. Was I sincere? Was I honest? Did I take a chance? Am I just you know doing this in my head? So once they analyze whatever to the best of their ability, then think, okay, well, Jesus of the Bible, if, if you're really not there and you don't exist, then no problem. If you are there and you exist, uh, you know, this is what I've done. I've done what you said. You know, here I am. Show up. And if I was really starting from an atheistic standpoint, I would probably pursue that route. I don't know. Maybe pretty ardently for a few weeks. And if nothing happened, if absolutely nothing changed, the Bible didn't seem any more real, God didn't seem any more real, I would probably, you know, slack off a little bit. And honestly, if I if I was really trying to analyze this, right, I'd give it maybe a few more months and, you know, pray, read the Bible, think about it. Um, and it would probably slack off. And, you know, maybe a couple times a week, I'd like say some prayers or whatever. And after a few months, if there was just nothing, then I would feel more stable uh, or, or like more propped up in my refutation of Christianity. Cause then it's not just like I could say, well, I've read the Bible a bunch and I've studied this really, really a lot. I can say, no, no, I've done the one thing your Jesus in the Bible says to do and nothing happened. God didn't show up. I feel exactly the same as I did the day before and the day before nothing changed. And I would be like, well, I think there's still out there. You, there's still something out there for you. You should withhold judgment, but I understand now you're on more firm ground to criticize Christianity. I mean, if I'm being honest and analytical, that's what I would say. Um, most people, though, they'll be like, I was sincere, and, you know, I was like, yelling at God and screaming at God, and I was like, why could this happen if you exist? Like, why did you take this person from me, or why did you let this happen? And then it'll go something like, you know, they feel God is there, he showed up, he comforted them, whatever, and now they're Christians. I mean, it's, it's usually like a pretty emotional, you know, when people are at their lowest, and that gives rise for people to say, well, that was, you know, people psychologically taking advantage of you. Great. Fine. That's a pitfall. Be aware. And if you're aware of that, that's a preventative against that. But really, that goes hand in hand with the Bible, right? Like when people are at their lowest point in life, like rock bottom, and they know they can't save themselves, and there has to be more to this world, 
and they pray to Jesus. They call out to Jesus. He shows up for them. And they're like, I, I have this realization. The Bible is real. <clears throat> Jesus is true. I can't deny that I'm a Christian. That's usually how that story goes. What I noticed is like evangelists, at least where I grew up, like Nigeria, like they take it for granted that, well, there's this, there's this shared cultural belief that there is some creator God. So when they go out doing uh, evangelism, they don't actually do apologetics. Like first we need to show you that there has to be a God. They just like assume, oh, you're a sinner. You need to accept Jesus. And many people, I would say, fall for that. Even when I was 10 years old, it's not that difficult to get you into a church crying, weeping before the Lord for your sins. And this strategy, I think, ends up maybe, in my opinion, just conning people. Can I say something to you, Jacob? Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can. Yeah. From a fellow Nigerian. You see, the starting point of everything that has to do with the faith is what you're looking for. When you go into a store, you must have something in mind you're looking for. In order to come to God, you must be looking for truth. There's only one truth. When a person starts out from looking for truth, truth will find them. When you're thinking of joining a religion, there's several on offer. But when you're looking for the true God, what he does is he sends someone to you who will do the preaching he will tell you, and there is something within you, because the Bible says that none can come to the Father except he draws them. So when a person starts looking for truth, God begins to do a work in their heart, such that when they know truth, when they hear truth, they will know. So the thing is, don't look for religion. People shouldn't look for religion. People shouldn't look for association or affiliation. They should look for truth. And this is what, as Christians, we should tell people. Because the Bible says that the things that are, are, are there to be known about God have been included in nature. And so when a person begins to truly seek God, he will send them those that will show them that there is only one God. He has only one son, the, his image and likeness to which all of us must become conformed. There's only one way through which we came into this world. When a person starts asking the question, how are people born? They will find only one truth. Christ is the only way, the truth, and the life. But until a person starts to look for truth, they cannot see him from the correct lens. They'll be putting him on the platform with Mohammed, comparing, am I, am I looking for Buddha? Am I looking for... How are you going to know? It's like, if, you, if you're hungry, there's a, a, a beacon inside you that tells you what you want to eat. You know somehow. So if you eat the wrong thing, you're never quite satisfied. But first, you have to acknowledge, I am hungry. I'm not just bored. I'm hungry for something. So the thing to look for is truth. When a person starts to look for truth, truth will find them. That's how it works. Wouldn't the Muslims say exactly the same thing? Like I said, they're not two tr truths. When a person starts to look for truth, there's just one truth. They may hear many things, but something, God has done the work only him can do within you that will show you what is truth. Muhammad did not claim that he died for our sins. God will send you a teacher that will show you the difference. Like you said, apologetics. 
between everybody's claim. And when they break it down to you in a way that makes sense, not all the things that I agree with you, religion has been touting, all the platitudes, the empty quoting of scriptures without understanding. But God will send you, all you have to do is, Lord, show me truth. And he will send you a teacher. The Bible says that you will, you will hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And you by yourself will know the difference between Islam, between Christianity, between Buddhism. But what I'm saying is you have to first seek him because he says, if you seek me with all your heart, when you begin to seek me with all your heart, not seek conformity or affiliation or, or mor morality, all those things, you will find me. This is my experience and this is the way I've led other people and it has never failed. Not looking for solution. Eve was led astray because she was looking for a solution. Not looking for comfort, looking for something called truth. When you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and I'm not quoting Christianity, I'm just saying when you're seeking the true God and his way of being and doing right, he will guide you and you will know the truth and it will set you free from confusion. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of agree. You know, I agree that this I, this method works in Nigeria, right? Because And I think it's because most people have this shared belief that almost by default, there is a God. So when if your life is not going well, you think, well, I need to align myself with a God that I already think is there. But once in a while, you meet someone who's actually thought about this thing more and doesn't take it for granted. And we were doing evangelism one day. We, we thought we could just use this same idea we were told that, oh, you're a sinner. Jesus died for you. And he started asking us, like, how do you even know that there's any God, there's any creator in the first? We didn't know what to say because we hadn't even been trained on apologetics at all. We were just trained as if anybody we speak to takes it for granted that there must be a God. And many people do take that position in Nigeria. That's why evangelism is successful, in my opinion. Well, I mean, there's a couple, there's a couple things. I mean, there's like some spiritual stuff that I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of like, seeing um that uh, i mean there, there's like spiritual overtones of what you're saying that i don't think you're acknowledging but i i just see like this is like exactly like what the bible would say so when it says you know it's not just nigeria sorry nigeria um you know most people on the planet um believe in some sort of creator god so it's, it's not just nigeria um so most people believe that and then what is the reason well <laughs> Spiritually speaking, Michael, close your ears, the Bible, you know, makes a claim that everyone knows to a degree that there is some creator God. And then I agree with Marilyn, if someone truly, like with your whole heart, seeks, you're going to be led. Like, if you choose to, to do evil and go an evil path, I believe you're going to be led further from the truth and further from this creator God. If you generally seek good and seek truth, then you'll be given more and more and your faith will grow up until, you know, like Marilyn says, and I agree, like somehow you're going to be introduced to the Jesus in the Bible, whether that's a teacher, whether that's, um, you know, you go, you like go to another town and stumble in a church and find a preacher or someone. Like if you keep acting on this, like light you've been shown or this knowledge you have been given creator God, um, you will eventually arrive at the Jesus of the Bible. Like however God orchestrates that, that's up to him. But yes, yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's exactly, even though you're saying it for, from a different standpoint, like you know, it's been culturally ingrained and that's why it's so easy to manipulate people and that's so bad. Well, that's also what the Bible says, but in a good way, like, you know, you instinctively know, like, it's not just like the culture all of a sudden thought, let's introduce a creator type God so specific 
that it can lead you straight to the God of the Bible with like minimal, minimal instruction. Um, th this is something that people just know. So, I mean, if it is cultural, that's why it's taught because it was just ingrained in people's like, like DNA, their makeup. Um, so anyways, I don't know if that point's going to be lost, but yeah, I, guess. I agree with a lot of, yeah. Jacob, let me, yeah, a lot of people, okay. let me also address what you said. You see, before the disciples went out to do anything for Jesus, he told them to tarry in Jerusalem. One of the biggest mistakes, I think, in the body of Christ and in Nigeria is sending people out who have not been properly trained, or at least trained to a certain extent. Take, for instance, you raised the question about how do you even know that there's a God? Everyone here lives in a house. There is nothing that exists in that house that was not put there by someone. The sun rises in the morning and, se and sets in the evening. We breathe air. It is always available. There's so many things that exist. There's a system working in the earth that could not have happened or cannot be happening unless somebody ordered it that way. How then can anybody ask who, if there is a God, who else is controlling it? Is it just happening by itself? Well, what happens by itself in your house? What shows up by itself in your body? Didn't somebody give birth to you? Who is on this earth without somebody else causing it? So being trained in these things before we even step out of our houses to represent Jesus will solve a lot of problems. Because if you're not confident in the faith, or if a person is not confident in the faith, how then can they represent the faith? The Bible says be prepared to share the gospel in season and out of season. But you must study to show yourself approved. So if not, their doubt will make it look like your faith is not real. Whereas what it is is that you've not been properly trained in your faith to overcome their wrong doubt. Does that make sense? Yeah, but still, right? I think um, the, the God, right? Trying having to like think that by default there is a God, right? And I don't just mean I might have just said Creator God, but I don't just mean a basic reason why we're here. Like that could be like some kind of like robot thing that, you know, some creator, not just that, right? Because I think that's, that might still be reasonable to think that, oh, there must be some reason why we're here and that reason could be anything. But thinking it's in the form of a God, right? That's the reason why many, most people feel that way. It doesn't have to be that the reason why we feel that way is that it's true. There could be other reasons, historical reasons. When we didn't know how the world worked, that was very prevalent. Like, oh, it sh should just work like my house. In my house, if there's running water, somebody did it. So then if we see rain falling, it must be somebody did that as well manually. It's what many people taught like thousands of years ago before we found out mechanisms. So uh, these things carry over and they're like old habits that die hard. And that, that might be why many people seem to have this feeling. And the Bible author picked up on that and used that to buttress his point that, oh, everybody, God's placed that thing innately in us, and that's why we feel that way. That might be, that might be a false reason. Whoa, Alvin, you got a really noisy mic. I don't know if you was doing that on a purpose or not, but if you fix it, send us a message, and we'll give you another shot. But there was a lot of static. And I, I wanted to get some other people who are waiting, but Jacob, yeah, I, I mean, I'd, I'd say, you know, you're not totally wrong, but if, if, you know, and it wasn't one Bible author, it was like, you know, 40 Bible authors over thousands of years. So um, if all of those people were so in sync 
that they had, um, you know, like a, a level of human psychological understanding that the universe literally has never known, um, then sure. But I mean, it would take way more faith to believe in that than just be like, yeah, God did it. Um, I, I mean, the chances of 40 people over like, what, 4,000 years, um, all coming up with the, with the same points about the same God um, in a way that 2,000 years from then or 4,000 years from then, depending on beginning or end of the Bible or whatever. Um, I mean, that, that's just like astronomical. Like you may just pray to Jesus right now because um, that's way more believable than, than that. And I don't mean to diminish your point, but I'm saying that that's what it would be. I mean, it would be like a mathematical anomaly that this universe has never known to get that right. Even now, like we still don't have a full handle on the human psychology. So, I mean, you know, people will spend their lifetimes never, never knowing that. But um, there were some other people I'd like to see if um, <clears throat> Saint, welcome. And then let's check in on Chris to see if he's been put to sleep. But Saint, what's up, man? Are you speaking, Saint? I'm still alive. Fair All right. Well, yeah, you sound better. I would just say when you were talking to that guy about seeking God and drawing near to God, I would just also add that, like, God knows our heart. So if an atheist is like, I hate God, uh, I'm going to read this and I'm going to seek God, like, it's not, they would have to be, like, genuine. And on top of that, like a reason why people should also follow Christ is like there would be zero people in prison today in America if they obeyed Christ. Like our, everybody in American prison is there because they disobeyed Christ. And that, that's not in every country. We have like Judeo-Christian values. Other countries, like if you speak against the government, you get incarcerated. But in American prisons, Everybody's in there because they disobey God or somebody else didn't that falsely put them in there. Directly tied to disobedience to God. I mean, that's not a terrible morality point, except I know Michael's probably cringing about the reading with <laughs> I hate God. But the people who do that, yeah, I, I get it. Like, you know, and the Bible talks about being humble, being sincere, right? So if, if you're reading the Bible, like, for example, quote, sincerely seeking God, and you're like, uh, you know, and you read the part about Jesus resurrecting from the dead, and it's like, oh, and on the third day, you know, the tomb was empty, and Jesus rose from the dead, and you're like, ha, ha, like that happened, ha, ha, ha. Um, well, people are going to question if you are sincerely reading the Bible. If you're like, okay, I, I don't know about this, I'm, I'm being honest, I'm being sincere, okay, on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead. Okay, could that really have happened? I don't know. I guess if there is a God, then, you know, like Mike would say, you know, if you just say there's a God that can do anything, well, then, sure, raising people from the dead is not out of the possibility. Um, and then you keep on reading. So, like, there's a healthy skepticism that you're reading it with on one hand, which still you can be ver you can be open and honest and humble. And then there's an outright just, like, you know, mockery that no one, even, even other atheists who are humble and sincerely reading it, would be like, okay, we don't want to be like you're not reading it sincere enough or you're doing it wrong. But, I mean, that's a textbook example of doing it wrong. So, you know, make us believe it a little bit more. <laughs> um, Steph, welcome. Uh, yes, good yeah. morning. Oh. Uh, Michael, Wait, mind if I chime in for a second? Yeah. Um, yeah, what Saint said is totally, well, I, I wouldn't say it's totally, it, it's totally preposterous, at least from, from my side of things. Um, yeah, like, yeah, I, um, and okay, I'm going to take off my hat of charitability for a second. I don't hate I your imaginary. You put one on. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't hate your imaginary friend. Uh, I don't think it's real. Um, but then it's also interesting with what Marilyn said. Um, I don't. I, again, I, I don't have the capacity to put the hat back on right now. I don't know if he's aware of just uh, of the amount of problems with everything that he said. Um, so, like you know, saying like, "Oh, I don't understand how this you know can happen. I understand how people can look at you know everything and say there's no God." That's an argument from ignorance. Um, your lack of understanding is an evidence for your position. Um, and you know, it's like with what you said. There, there's you. you okay. Um, sure. A building requires a builder, a painting requires a painter, and a creation requires a creator. However, we don't have evidence that what exists is a creation. If we call it reality instead, to take a line from uh, a friend, uh, Aaron Ra's uh, book, um, if, if you call it reality instead, well, does reality require a realtor? Like, it's just preposterous. Um, Marilyn, do you have anything to say? I'd really like to find a new topic, but, you know, since he called you out, would you like to respond to that or if you're speaking three, two, yes, yes, I'm, I am speaking. Unfortunately, I was, I was in the chat, so I wasn't hearing what he was saying, but he said, if you call it reality and if you don't call it a creation, well, like I said, I'm interested in truth and I believe that the Bible tells me that everything that was made was created. How do you differentiate what is reality and what is creation? Please tell me. Tell me what is reality right now that was not created. Give me an example because I'm confused. Yeah, that's fallacious. It's called a shifting of the burden of proof. It's called asking a question. Well, good morning, Steph. <laughs> it's called asking a question. You, you said something and I'm asking you to answer. What is the difference between creation and reality? <clears throat> Yeah so, what, yeah, yeah, so what you're you, doing is, you is you're stipulating. Reality. You are stipulating that it is a creation. I'm not no, stipulating. No I, I, make, I make it very clear are. that I believe the Bible. And the Bible okay, tells cool. me that everything was created. So I've chosen my own line of belief. And I'm standing by it. What is yours? Okay, well, first of all, you can't, yeah, you can't okay. choose your beliefs. Yeah, you can't choose your beliefs. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So or, how do, do you, how do you, you get can't. your beliefs if you don't choose your beliefs? How do you get your beliefs if you don't choose? Belief is the process is the of – yeah, no, it's not. Uh, belief is the process of becoming convinced that a proposition is true or likely true. If Okay, and we, and we can have a simple demonstration of this. If you can choose your beliefs, I would like you to freely choose to believe right now that God doesn't exist. And I, choose, I freely choose not to believe that God does not exist. Even my Bible tells me that I will choose this day. It's always a choice. I can choose to get up this morning or choose to stay in bed. It's always a choice. And whatever you, you do with your choice, you are responsible for it. You had a choice. You heard what I said. You made your choice to disbelieve me. It's always a choice. So tell me something that is a reality that you don't believe was created because I'd like to learn. Oh, yeah, sure. How about Earth? Earth was not created. Well, my Bible says different. And like I said, I choose to believe. Your Bible the the also Bible. says that a man was swallowed by a great fish for three days. Your, your Bible also says that stars will fall from the sky. Your Bible also says that a dead Jew came back to life after three days. This is not a reliable source of information. According to you. Well, according to me, those things mean deeper things that you think they mean. And I choose again to believe them. So if what you believe is working for you, I have no problems with that. But then you cannot come and criticize what somebody else chooses to believe that is working for them. 
I have the oh, right no. to respect what you say, but you also should realize that I have the right to choose what I believe because that's the basis of, of, of Christianity. Everyone will be held accountable for what they choose to believe. So I don't have a problem with what you're choosing to believe, but you cannot have a problem with what I'm choosing to believe. You have to understand that. That's the basis of faith. Oh, I don't have a problem with people saying that, uh, that they have faith, right? Like your book says you have to have faith. I think I said exactly. earlier before, right? You know, Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But I'm still like I'm still asking. I'm still like to hear a demonstration of you. Can you give me something that you have chosen to believe, and then I'd like you to make the conscious choice to believe that it is not true? Like for example, could you choose to believe we are not having this conversation? You see, that's the thing. If, you know, no, the Bible, hey, no. Uh, if belief second. is hold. a choice, if belief is a choice, you should be able to choose to believe that. that you should follow. be able to deny reality. Which people frequently do these days. But you see, what you claim to be reality is different from what I claim to be reality. I told you from the beginning that I... Yeah, the only difference is, I, is what I claim to be yeah, reality, I, I can demonstrate to be the case. You see, I don't, I oh, don't really ahead. have time. Uh, Nate, Nate, I don't have time for arguments. Because you see, the Bible def de definitely warns against this. All I say to everybody who's listening on this chat is, on this group is, you will be held accountable for what you choose to believe. So you should seek truth, not to be right, not to show how smart you are, but to say, what is the truth behind my existence? What is the truth behind this world? What is the truth behind what happens after this world? And wherever that leads you, be confident enough to follow that path. And it's as simple as that. Well, Marilyn, Marilyn. Um, hey, hang on one sec. Wait, wait, hold on. Um, I appreciate that, Marilyn, and I would I would agree. The only thing I, I, you know, not not to get back in the argument, but I would split the difference and say along. Maybe there's a I don't know a cultural divide or something. Um, but uh, as far as like, can you choose your beliefs? Um, I would agree with everything you said, Marilyn, the way you said it. But I would say you couldn't choose. I, I would I would just say different for me that you can't choose your beliefs, you can choose to take in new stuff, right? So for example, you can choose to read the Bible. And if you read the Bible, or if you pray to Jesus, and you know, you uncover new things, then you can be convinced. So if you pray to Jesus, say, Jesus, I want you to save me and forgive me. And you know, you feel like Jesus is like responding to you. And you've got that salvation, you've got that eternal life he talks about. Well, then you, you didn't choose that you were exploring that you were taking in new data, you were praying to Jesus. And that's what happened. So then if you wanted to try to choose not to believe that, it's like you've got a new belief. Congratulations. You're a part of the kingdom of God now um, because you were so convinced in a way that you can't choose not to be. You'd have to you'd have to brainwash yourself. So like if someone says, well, can you choose to believe your spouse isn't going to to cheat on you? Um, and, you know, you've got some evidence that says maybe they are. Um, I mean, you can try to try to choose and say, no, I believe they're not going to cheat on me. But you know you're probably wrong. Like you're deep in your heart, you know that although you're trying to choose to believe they're faithful, they're really probably not, and you don't even believe it, even though you're saying you are. But if you like, if you encounter the God of the Bible or gravity, for example, like if you jump off a building and hurt yourself, um, you don't need to choose to believe gravity is false. You are convinced in a way you can't deny that gravity is real, and you just like bumped your head. Um, the same way, if people like Marilyn says, will humble themselves and sincerely seek the God of the Bible, and this God of the Bible shows up for them, um, they're not able to choose to believe that didn't happen. They are convinced in a way they can't deny. Um, but And then your last point, Marilyn, I agree. Like, um, you know, the, I, I, I don't like the arguing, and we usually do a really good job. Um, so, yeah, I'd agree. Like, ultimately, look, I, it's not our job as Christians to convince anyone of anything. 
Like it's our job to point people to Jesus and then encourage them to seek Jesus themselves, which like I said earlier, like there's no other religion that says that as far as I'm aware, maybe I can be proven wrong. Someone proved me wrong. But as far as I'm aware, there's no other religion that says, here's our God. Now go talk to your God. Like, wait, like, and we should certainly disciple and teach and educate. But as far as the main point, like the receiving eternal life, um, we don't do that. You can't do that. It's God himself that does that. So, you know, we tell you, here's how you can have eternal life. Nope. You don't need to pay us money. You don't need to do rituals. Just pray to God, repent and believe. And congratulations. We'll all be in heaven with Jesus. Um, Nate, Nate, I want to say something real quick. Nate, I want to say something real quick. Can I say something real quick? Back to your point. Let me just make Uh, a small point. Let Marilyn finish up and then Morpheus and then Sully. A small point. The foundation of our faith, because I'm assuming that you're a Christian, is choice. You have to understand this. God gave every man a mind and a heart and told them you will choose to believe whatever you want to believe, even if it seems ludicrous to other people. But you have given you the power of choice to choose to believe what you want to believe. The foundation of our faith is choice. Many times in the Bible, the Bible tells us, choose this day what you will believe. Now, it doesn't matter to me whether somebody else thinks it is ridiculous. It doesn't make sense. The Bible says that the things of the Spirit are foolishness to those who are perishing. But you must not take away the fact that our entire religion was based on choice. Abraham was hundreds years old. He's the father of the faith and 90 years old. He was barren. His wife was barren, but he chose to believe the word of God that it was possible for him to have a child. Mary chose to believe that she could have a child even though she didn't know a man. She could have told the, the angel that came to her, listen, this is all bullshit. I don't believe it. There's no proof. It has never happened. Blah, blah, blah. A man is a mind. God gave him a mind. He is consciousness. Whatever he allows into his consciousness. You gave me examples like a woman may choose to believe that her husband is not cheating. Well, guess what? What you choose becomes your reality. It becomes your reality and it's the way your life will flow. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And God is not going to take away the power of anyone to think. I can decide to think tomorrow that I'm a monkey. As I think, so I will experience. That is the foundation of our faith. It is what separates us from others. It has nothing to do with common sense. It has nothing to do with logic. It has nothing to do with what other people think about it. The, 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 even the Jews thought that Jesus' claims were ridiculous. Well, Jesus claimed to be what he is. Until today, people are still worshiping the same Jesus. No matter how ridiculous other people think, I don't care who thinks on this chat that but the choosing is not the basis or that what I'm saying is ridiculous. All I'm okay. advising people to do is ask for truth and be diligent, be honest, be have enough integrity to follow truth wherever it leads you. Uh, Nate, not being right. Nate, Sully is trying to get in. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and we have, we have an order and yeah, uh, Marilyn, I, I hear you. And I'm just going to say, you know, in the interest of not quibbling, I'm going to chalk this up to semantics because I'm very, I'm very familiar with Joshua 24, choose this day who you'll serve, whether the gods of your forefathers or the gods of the Amorites or whatever. So choose you this day. We could talk about what that means, but I'm, I'm fairly convinced everyone is aware. It's, just, it's like a semantical discussion. So yes, I hear what you say. Um, Morpheus, you were next. Wait, and Sally then Sully. wants 15 seconds on this topic before we switch. Yeah, it's, so Doxastic and... Well, maybe Morpheus did too. Yeah. Okay, fine. At Steph's request, you got 15 seconds, Sully. Yeah, so Doxastic and voluntarism is the position that you can't lose your beliefs, right? But the argument that was offered by Michael is not an argument for this view, because he just said, oh, if you can do that, then just change this belief right now, right? It's like saying, oh, if you can jump off this building, then do it, Right. You're not going to do it. That doesn't mean you can't jump off the bill. Okay, uh, Morpheus, and then we'll come back to you, so I can give you a little more time. Yeah, I was, uh, Morpheus. Yeah, yeah, I was going to like ask uh, Marilyn that um, for conversations between <clears throat> Christians and non-Christians, 
and with the very or with the incentive to want to convert the non-Christian. And would you say that people in quotes who are non-Christian or non-religion or non-religious rather are not honest in their belief in being non-religious? Because you make it seem like when you actually are honest and are open-minded and truth true to yourself in relation to investigating what truth is, you necessarily will arrive at in quote the truth that God exists and that the Bible is necessarily true. So are you saying that people that do not believe that are dishonest? I'm, I'm just going to say real quick so we can get to the other people. Um, I would hope most, I would hope all people would not say they're being dishonest, but I would say like, you know, when an atheist tells me like, you know, it's their genuine belief that they lack a belief in a God. Um, I, I don't, I don't think they're, they're lying to me. I'll take them at their word, but I also believe Romans one that everyone knows there's a God. So What's the difference? Either they know they're, either God's lying, which I don't believe, or they're lying and they really know there's a God and they're not admitting it, which I, I also don't believe. I think they have covered, you know, they have covered this view of God like with so many layers for, at some point in their life that they legitimately don't believe there's a God. Not because they don't know somewhere deep, deep down. It's because they've piled so much stuff inadvertently, like no fault. Or, I mean, you know, maybe faults of their own, maybe not like environmental stuff done to them, stuff done by other people, trauma in the church, whatever reason, their view of God, this knowledge of God has been covered so much that they do deep, deep down know there's a God, but for practical application, I believe them when they say they don't. I think if they did some serious soul searching and cried out to this Jesus in the Bible, it would be uncovered, but that takes them to do that and to be sincere and humble themselves and, and do that. So if they do, I believe they'll get to a point where they're like, Oh my gosh, I've believed in God all along. It was just because of this or this or this that I didn't. And no one can prove that, but that's just my suspicion. Um, let's see. Ansu, you were next. Did you have anything to say or question or topic? Ansu in three, two, one. Uh, Sully, I said I'd come back to you more anyways. I know you wanted to, um, I think, take Michael to the woodshed. Um, I, I don't know if Michael's up for that and I don't know how much time I have for that. Cause I, I do also want to talk to the other people, but, um, Michael, are, are you up for, I don't know, be taken to a little woodshed? Oh, just for you, Nate. Honestly, I have no idea what's going to happen, but I'm sure it's not good. <laughs> all right. Sully wanted to talk to Michael. So you, all right, you guys got a couple minutes. Okay. So yeah, I mean, you were arguing for doxastic involuntary. Right, but it doesn't seem like you motivated that. I mean, you also said that you only claim to demonstrate. So how can you demonstrate that it's impossible to choose your beliefs? Sorry, you cut out there just a smidge, or maybe it was me. I'm not sure, but well, I guess we'll find out as we go on. So, so yeah, I'm a dogsastic involuntarist, as is Nate and uh, many other people that I know. So, yeah, it's the position that we don't have the capacity to choose our beliefs. And I offered the I offered the challenge to basically. So what so what, what you said, I don't think is is fair. Right. So, oh, you know, you can choose not to jump off the building, but you can you know, you can choose to jump off the building. It's not the same thing. So a, a better um, a better analogy would be um, go to the top of a very tall building. Stand at the edge now, and I'm telling everybody now. You know, I'll, I'll, Nate, I'll, I'll pull a line from you. The, the official position of Ask a Christian is don't stand at the top of tall buildings and do anything stupid. Um, go to the top of a tall building and stand on the edge. Um, and I'm talking about like a building like ten stories or taller. 
And then while you are standing on the edge, make the conscious choice to believe that you are only three inches off the ground. Then once you've made that conscious choice to believe, step off. And again, please don't ever do this. It's dumb. You'll die. Um, that's not a belief you have the capacity to have because it would go against everything you know in reality. So what you said is, oh, you can't choose to jump off a building. That's, that's not, that doesn't represent what I said. What I just said more fairly represents what I said. And then I gave the challenge. Again, I'll say I made the challenge. Please give me a belief that you can choose to have. For example, can you choose to believe we're not having this conversation? Can you choose to believe you are not a homo sapien, et cetera? So here's the thing. When you're asking, can you choose to believe those things? And then I say, let's just say I'm, I'm pushing back against you devil's advocate style here. Because, I mean, I'm somewhat amenable to the view, right? But regardless, let's just say you tell me, oh, can you choose to believe that you're an inch tall, right? And I say, yes, I can. And you say, okay, you do it, right? And I say, I don't, I don't want to, right? How does that demonstrate your point? Well, I, well, actually, Marilyn did this, right? I, I said, you know, choose to believe that God doesn't exist. And he said, oh, I don't want to do that. Um, I think that that's a dishonest tactic, right? Because, because he, Nate, Steph, uh, Chris, uh, Saint, and I think, Sully, this is the first time I've spoken to you, so I won't speak for you or anybody else. Oh, Andrew, for sure. Um, that that they're, they're Christians, right? They believe, they have become convinced that God exists through whatever process it was, whether it was natural or special revelation, a personal experience, uh, reading the Bible, talking to their friends, family, etc. Whatever it was that convinced them, they are convinced, right? They believe it. So they don't have the capacity to just say, nope, yeah, it's actually just total BS, which is, which is again, it's just a firm demonstration of the point that I was making. Well, I don't, I don't think it illustrates Can I, that's the issue, right? Can I so it's something in for you, Sully? Could, could you include like the maybe one of you guys? Could you include the affirmative? Like instead of thinking, choose to believe something something negative or that would be perceived as negative by the person doing it. How about something positive? Like I'm, I'm saying, you're trying to like think. I would really like to choose to believe I'm a billionaire. Like I would love to believe that. And if I made myself believe it, though, I mean, I'm still not. So. I don't know. Like it's always negative. Like I don't want to jump off a building. Yeah, no. So yes, what I think people that's would that's generally that's want that's to believe. That's a really good point, Nate. Yeah. Right. So, so again, like, so let's let's use Nate's last direct example. I choose to believe that I have one billion dollars in the bank. Okay, and and I, I mean, you can maybe talk to yourself enough, and then maybe you could convince yourself that it was true to some extent. Until you go to the bank and say, hey, I want my money. Right? Yeah, but, so that's, but that's going to be irrelevant. Because then it, would no longer, then it would no longer comport with reality. Well, it's not always the case that the things we believe comport with reality because people have false beliefs. Oh, right? absolutely. So, For sure, yeah. So, so I mean, here, here's an example, right? Like, take, take some obscure theory of physics, right? Or something like that, right? Where... You go, oh, I've looked at all these like theoretical physics positions. Um, I don't have like strong justification for any of them, but I like this one. I'm going to choose to go with that. You think that's. Uh, it depends whether or not it flies in the face of established theory. No, let's just say so it like, doesn't. So like, right? for example, 
yeah. So, so, so for example, if you said, you know, I've seen all this stuff on gravity, but I, but I think I like this one better. Well, I'm sorry. You're still wrong. Well, let's say it's an open question, like quantum gravity, right? Well, if There's it's an open question, all we can say, I don't know. Get to the other people. Yeah. If it's an open question, all we can do is say, I don't know. We can say, I don't I'm know, but I believe. who say they do know. Yeah. But this is about belief, right? This is well, about sure. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can, ha- you can, you can, ha- you can, you can say, you can even say that you believe something. You can say that you believe anything, right? But it doesn't mean that you are actually convinced of that of that matter. So no. So you for don't example, have to have a justification, right? So like, you don't have to have reasons for your belief to have a belief, right? You can have an unjustified belief. Oh, no, no, I, I don't think that's the case. I think you have you think to have you reasons for your belief because because I, I am convinced that you cannot choose your beliefs. You would have to have, even if you can only well, begging justify, the question. No, it's not begging the question. Where's the, where, where's the assumption? Because that's the, that's the thing we're talking about, right, is doxastic involuntarism. So you're just saying like, well, I'm convinced of doxastic involuntarism. So that must, so, you know, my counterexample must be false. No, that's not the case. So let, let, let me comment. It's anyway, about... hey, 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 hang on real quick. We're going to get to uh, the point where Nate's going to want to hit himself in the head with a hammer, and I'd like to avoid that. So. Oh, yeah. Well, I did want to give the other people, and uh, Morpheus, we'll, we'll check back in with you in a minute, but there's two more people that have yet to say a word, and I, I'm actually going to go soon, so I want to make sure I get everyone in. Uh, Andrew, it says you're next. What's up, Andrew? Are you speaking, Andrew? Three, two, one. Random, what's up, Random? How are you doing? Oh, good. I just had something short. Michael, I appreciate you, bud. Keep it up. Oh, that's it? That's all. Uh, Morpheus. What did you want to say, Morpheus? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that it's actually more about the very incentive to believe than just the arbitrariness of the belief itself. So, for instance, for cases where people would have um, somewhat irrational beliefs, then the incentive to believe, in quotes, will not be premised on the fact that the belief itself has solid justification. However, it will be justified on, on the basis of some other reason. Probably, for instance, um, let's talk about religious beliefs. There are times where religious beliefs are justified not on the basis of the fact that there is some external like evidence that proves that it is true. However, that at that point in time, and this is just a, like, just one case scenario at that point in time probably it's something that makes them cope rather than it having some like actual external justification so the idea is that it is more of the incentive itself than rather just the arbitrariness of the ability to choose between one belief or the other and Ansu, are you still on the phone is he still on the phone okay toast welcome back toast you may have the last word today What's up? Um, yeah, I'd like to point out that like talking or having any conversations with Michael is like totally like useless and or like just like exercising well, futility. Be respectful. Ah, there's nothing really respectful, Michael. All right. Well, guess we'll see you later. One rule, guys. Be respectful. One rule. Andrew, did you have anything to say yet? Are you speaking now? All right, Michael, you have any words of wisdom? You want to put your Christian hat on and uh, just, give some yeah, words of, the only thing words I'd say of is, wisdom? Yeah, you're, you're just going to be accused of gatekeeping there. 
uh, which is fine. I don't care. I know you're. I know that's not the case. I know that's not what you're doing, but that's what you'll be accused of. Um, yeah, it, it's it, it, it's fine. Yeah, I, I I will say that I very like purposely took a more uh, or I took a, a less charitable position with Marilyn than I normally do. Uh, you know, so you see more of the, maybe the, the fire brand in me during that conversation, but it's, you know, sometimes once in a while, it's, uh, you know, it's fun to bring out a little bit of disagreement, but, uh, but yeah, so, and certainly if I said anything that was upsetting to people, that wasn't ever my intention. All right, everyone, I've got to get some stuff done. Uh, thanks for being here. Good chat. And we'll, I guess, see you guys later. Take care, everyone. Cheers.